Hello, my name is Jamie and I'm the co-founder of Deity. At Deity, we developed a platform to help online merchants adopt composable commerce so they can grow faster than ever without limitations. This is our first podcast. So today we're going to talk about the basics. What is composable commerce? Why is it changing e-commerce so much? And who is going to need it? But to do that, I have to take you a little bit back to the past and where we started to build e-commerce. So when we started to build e-commerce, we basically brought our shops online. We put our products online, added prices, added buy buttons, and much more. Taking it from there, we then eventually grew to personalization, AI, chats, and, and whatnot. I mean, the world has been changing a lot. But the software architecture and the way how we build it hasn't changed that much for the last years. But we see a change happening right now. So let me take you back to how it all started. So when we started to build a platform, we build it as a way we call it a monolith. So monolith is the software architecture name for the structure that we are building. And that sounds very complex, but let me explain it to you. So what we did is we built a shop, right? So we just started the code base and, and we started to add some things to that and then add some more things to that make front-end look cool, and what we got is a very big box of code, let's call it that way, a big block, and just everything happening inside that one block of code. And that is what we call a monolith. So there's one piece of code with a very big piece of code, for that matter, but with a lot of things added to it and in it. And what you get is one code base, obviously, uh, but it's also very heavily depending on itself. And when something goes wrong, the whole thing goes wrong. And we generally only have one developer or a team of developers who knows how it works. But there's also some good sides to that. Because we have one code base, it's easier to start, easy to develop, easy to test, you know, better to maintain. But you're running basically a one developer show. And the cons of that is that obviously we're not flexible. You cannot really extend or add new things to that. Eventually it gets really hard to maintain and it's not so reliable. Because a one-piece block of code, if something goes wrong, everything goes wrong. So it's not really suitable for fast-growing websites. And definitely not for the ones that we have today, where we have to process a lot of data, want to add very cool new features and you know do some very cool, flexible stuff with that. So about two years ago, there was a thing that we said, okay, let's go a little bit wild and let's go headless. So what did that mean? It means that we said, okay, let's break down the software architecture of a website and cut off the hat. Cut off the presentation layer. The hat is the layer that people see on the website. So your front end. Let's separate the front end from all the business logic and from all the back end. And why would we do that? Well, basically, why we do it is that we don't have a front end anymore that is depending on the back end. So if something goes wrong, your customers can still see your shop, place orders in, and do stuff with it. We also have a lot of performance advantages. Because the front end is not connected anymore directly to the back end, it also means that it can have much more power to it. It can be much more faster. It can be much more easier to use. It can be much more scalable. And it is much more flexible. Because I don't have to depend on what my back end developers are doing for me to, for example, change colors or add new buttons or add new features to that. And the cool thing is that my developers are going to love it because they can work in separate teams. Backend developers 
is kind of a different species from front-end developers. And if they can work in separate teams and do not have to be bothered by each other, I mean, that's a good thing, right? It increases productivity, it increases communication, and eventually it increases the quality of your product. But going heartless, so having a front-end separate from a back-end can also have some disadvantages. Because in the back-end, you still have that one massive piece of code. You still have that big block that is going to bother you eventually if you want to do some bigger and more business with that. For example... If you want to run different languages or want to have a B2B and a B2C shop, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that if your business processes are still all stuck together? And what if inside that whole big piece of code you have, for example, a payment method embedded and it works fine, but there's a new one coming up and we all want to use that new one and it's more cheaper and it's better. And now you as an online merchant have to try to get rid of that old one and, and building that new one it's like you know removing some pipes from a kitchen that's already there for 30 years that is going to be really really hard thing to do so it's not flexible it's not easy to change the process once it is built in so tightly to be able to move faster and to keep up actually with all these new future applications that's where we need a little bit of a different architecture We need to go beyond that front-end heartless platform. We need to take that next step and also have that benefits from going heartless. We need to get that benefits to the back-end. So what we do then is basically an ID that is called composable commerce. And composable commerce describes a practice and what we think of as a tech architecture. So what composable commerce basically does from a tech point of view something that we call an architecture service-oriented architecture and short SOA. So what this SOA does is that it has a separation of different services. So we have a front-end, which is my service, and then we have several services in the back-end. For example, payment, order management, product, search, and many, many more. So my services, instead of having them all together in what we just learned, that monolith piece of code, all these services exist as a separate service. And the good thing is, I can build my own. So let's say I would love to build my own uh, stock engine, but I can also use SaaS services, for example, for search. So I can use, let's say, Algolia for search, and I can use PayPal for my payments. And then I would love to combine that with my own built stock servers. So all these things together are different pieces. And I know it's been used as a very popular term in, in e-commerce, but let's think of it as a Lego. You know, I have all these separate Lego blocks and I can stick them all together and build actually what my business needs. On top of that, we obviously need something that is going to control and orchestrate all the data between these services because we do not want to connect them directly to each other. If we do, we're going to get like a spider web of data running around, and that's definitely not what we're looking for. What we want is one place that connects with all these services, takes that data, controls it, makes sure you can orchestrate it, makes sure you can modify it if needed, map it and do whatever with it, and then sends that data back and forth between all these services and between the front end like a very big data control center, one main point that takes care of everything. 
And that is something that is called a commerce composer. So that part in your software is, is going to be called the commerce composer, which connects with all these different services. So we have a commerce composer in the middle. And then surrounding that, we are able to compose our commerce. And then in the more business way of the world, being able to choose best of breed. So say, okay, there's five different search platforms out there and I'm going to choose the best one for my business. I can add my own service to that. So all those things are being connected to the Commerce Composer. And from there, we're going to push it to front ends, which can be one and which can be multiple. As we can say in the Commerce Composer layer, hey, this is going left and this is going right. So we can decide by ourselves which part is getting which information. So if you're working with these different services, there's always a way you need to connect with them. And the Commerce Composer is making sure you can do that in an easy way. Because each platform has certain rules of the game and you have to tweak the things, right? You as a merchant, as a developer, have to tweak how all these platforms work together. And instead of building multiple integrations between them and creating that spider web, we use that Commerce Composer layer to make sure that they really join well and map well together. So Composable Commerce, from a tech point of view, is a service-oriented architecture where we separate our services in back-end and in front-end. And where we say, okay, I'm going to use services that are needed for my business and I can pick them from anywhere. I can combine my own services with existing services. The good thing is, I do not have to make integrations between all of them and create a spider web. But what I do is connect them all to a commerce composer. And this part allows me to orchestrate my data, to map my data and to distribute it to all the different services that are needed. From a business perspective, composable commerce is really a change of perspective. Rather than picking one platform, for example, Magento, BigCommerce or something like that, and then see what kind of plugins they have available, what I do now is really choose what my business needs. So I'm not restricted anymore to a platform and the plugins. I am fully in control of choosing what is best for my company. Obviously, this can be BigCommerce and Magento and all these services, but rather than building integrations inside them, I'm going to build integrations next to them. So my search is equally important as my commerce engine. It's called BigCommerce and Magento, that my payments, etc. They're all equally important and equally a puzzle piece of my whole commerce puzzle. Composable commerce from a business perspective is also an evolution and not a revolution. So we do not ask you to throw away everything that you have. You've built a good business and you've built some tech and some tech is really, really good in that and it's really unique to your business and something that works perfectly. We do not ask you with Composable Commerce to throw everything away, to just you know get rid of everything and to, uh, to just say goodbye and, and start a whole new platform. What we do is we say, okay, let's connect to everything that is there. Let's connect to the service that is there and that are working good. And then let's start replacing the services that are less good or need some improvement. So we can keep the core of the business that have been working fine and slowly start replacing parts that have not been working fine or that need some improvement there. So from a business perspective, again, composable commerce is really an evolution and it's not a revolution. It gives you a possibility to be really, really flexible. You can keep up with your customers. You can build the best experience. 
you can really try easily new technologies. You do not have to bother your developers with everything that your marketing team wants. If your marketing team wants to try the new feature, your developers do not have to integrate it in the main platform and do a lot of work And because integrations are not easy in monoliths. But rather they can just connect it to that commerce composer layer, to that composer which then transfer the data. And it's really, really fast to adapt a new feature. Even Gardner said so. Gardner is saying, hey, the people who in 2023 have adopted a composable commerce architecture, they can implement new features 80% faster than the ones who did not. And that really gives your business a huge advantage in scalability, in processes, in values, and obviously in customer experiences. So why do you need composable commerce? You're going to need composable commerce if you're a fast-growing online merchant and you want to grow even faster. You want to expand, you want to keep up with your evolving customer needs, and you want to try new features that are coming up. You need composable commerce if you have a marketing team that is complaining that it's taking very long to introduce new features. You need composable commerce if you're stuck with one platform and one developer and you feel highly depending on them. You really need composable commerce if you want to be future-proof. Because composable commerce is going to give you the opportunity to build a flexible environment that is trustworthy, that can have high volumes of data from different sources, and that can really help you grow fast when you're adding complex structures to it. You can have your own tech team building on the thing they've been building forever, while you keep on using other services to grow even faster. You do not have to build everything yourself anymore. You can build future-rich and very engaging services uh, without having to use that main platform that you've always been using and see if they have the right plugins. You can actually choose, or rather your marketing team can choose the services that they want to use, the new ones, you know, the on-edge things that are coming up. And your developer team doesn't have to be bothered by integrating them in the main platform. You can keep it saved from all these new stuff, while on the other side, use it and test it on the front end. So a good example of composable commerce is a project that we did with a company called Jimmy Brinks. Jimmy Brinks is one of the fastest growing e-commerce companies in Australia, which delivers alcohol to your door or to your party within 30 minutes and it's cold. So the cool thing is that they obviously have a massive service that's running around like crazy and you see them all over town. So imagine their stock services. They need to know, can we service that area? Yes or no? Is a driver nearby? Do we have stock? But also, do we have stock in the fridge? And how long has it been in the fridge? I mean, imagine the amount of data that is going through that service. So Jimmy Brinks was growing and they grew really, really fast. And I think due to uh, COVID, you know, had a hand in that, that they grow even faster. And they needed an environment that can help them evolve and keep up with that, but also make them future ready for new stuff that is coming up. And what they did is that they, you know, they started building that platform and, and they were growing and growing and growing. And all of a sudden, the platform couldn't make it anymore. And they literally said, we knew we had to focus on where we wanted to be and not just on patching the holes. So we could deliver on customer expectations at scale. What they did is they then chose Deity to help them to get there. They wanted to make sure that everything could work together. And that is where Deity comes in. They want to focus on business, and then we could focus on connections and orchestration. So the business that they had is very complex, as I just mentioned. 
And they build some very interesting own, let's say, custom bespoke services for that. They have a bespoke stock service and, you know, the driver feedback and, and all that kind of stuff. But on the other hand, they are a fast-growing company. They want to use the SaaS that is out there. They want to use Talent One for their marketing. They want payment services that are modern and flexible and loco, that are fast. They want to use services like, for example, Contentful to create better content. They do not want to build everything themselves. And basically, with having these bespoke services and combining them with these existing services, that was going to take them a lot of time and a lot of effort. And basically, they were going to have to build a spider web. So for Jimmy Brinks, they wanted to focus on their business. And they didn't want to focus on getting all these services to work together. They wanted to move fast. So with Composable Commerce, and in the end with the data platform, they were able to combine bespoke services and existing SaaS services all together and then build an environment with multiple storefronts. So we had, uh, for example, the web, and they also had native app storefronts, all using that same data engine. They could then transform that data, modify, map, and send that data to the right place with all these different services. So we had, for example, Talent One for the marketing and then would create coupons, which would eventually show up or be able to be used in the cart, which was created by BigCommerce. And then the stock availability came from their own bespoke services. As you can imagine, super, super complex, but now went to a highly flexible environment. Jimmy Brinks can choose what is good for their business and Deity takes care of all the orchestration with the composable commerce principle. I'm very proud to have been working with the Jimmy Brinks team and to have such a complex, fast-growing merchant help to get even more flexible and much more faster than they were before. But also the performance of the team and the performance of the processes and how to adapt new features. In the next podcast, we're going to have an interview with Jimmy Brinks and with our own product people to talk about how it was built and what challenges they had and how they choose composable commerce and mostly why they choose composable commerce. But the thing that makes me more proud is the following quote. They said, working with the Deity team has been amazing. The platform allows the team to build with confidence and speed due to the design of the core. And the design of the core is nothing more and nothing less than true composable commerce. That means... Services in the back end, bespoke or existing services, all connecting to a strong core, a strong layer that's been called the Commerce Composer, which orchestrates, process, modifies, maps, etc. all the data and then bring it to very, very fast front ends, which can be web, which can be native and which can be both. Would you like to know more about Composable Commerce and how Deity can help to get your platform ready for future growth? please visit our website, dati.com, or send an email to jamie at dati.com. We love to hear from you.